Thanks, Marcus. It's, it's amazing how God speaks, isn't it? Um, just such powerful words uh, coming through this morning. I, I almost feel like I don't actually need to, to say anything. I Really, what's come through and what different ones have shared has really been the, the meat, really, of what I wanted to, to talk about. So I'm going to actually take a little bit of, of a risk. I'm a bit of a planner. I like to have like lots and lots of notes. But just because of what's happened, I think I'm going to throw out this more what's come through. I'm going to throw out some of what I've got. Goff's happy. Goff's happy. I'm going to throw out some of what I'm going to say, just because I feel God speaking. And I mean, I can trust that we're family here. So if what I'm going to say gets a bit ragged, you will, uh, you will bear with me. We're obviously continuing our series today on uh, Colossians. Uh, we got to, last week got to Colossians chapter 3. Uh, I'd encourage you to go back and listen to what Marcus had to say on Colossians, uh, the start of Colossians chapter 3 last week. He spoke on verses 1 to 4. It's that brilliant opening line, isn't it? You've been raised with Christ. You have new life in Christ, not as a consequence of anything you've done or any kind of characteristic, worldly characteristic you might have, any facet of identity you might have. You've been raised with Christ. You have new life in Christ because of what he has done in his death and resurrection. We have salvation in him. And a lot of what I'm going to say today sits in the context, right, of that wonderful truth that we have life through Christ because of God's great grace. Today we're going to be looking at the next few verses. So Marcus did one to four of chapter three. We're going to be looking now at chapter, uh, sorry, at verses five to eleven. So I'll just read that. If you've got a Bible, follow along. Uh, so the passage is Colossians chapter three, five to eleven, and it says this. Put to death, therefore, that therefore is important. So what I was just saying, okay, what I was just saying, what we're about to do, what we're about to read is a consequence of that. Because of God's great grace lavished upon us, because of the life we have in Christ, therefore, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry, put to, sorry, put to death, therefore, whatever belongs to your earthly nature, sexual immorality, impurity, lust, evil desires, and greed, which is idolatry. Because of these, the wrath of God is coming. You used to walk in these ways in the life you once lived, but now you must also rid yourselves of all such things as these, anger, rage, malice, slander, and filthy language from your lips. Do not lie to each other, since you have taken off your old self with its practices and have put on the new self, which is being renewed in the image of its creator. There is, there, excuse me, here there is no Gentile or Jew, circumcised or uncircumcised, barbarian, Scythian, slave or free, but Christ is all and is in all. I just want to focus... Uh, in contrast to what I planned, I just want to focus on two parts of this passage mainly, maybe, maybe three. The first part I want to focus on is the very start, put to death. Okay, so obviously you can't put to death, literally speaking, lust, anger, rage, malice, these things. You can't do that literally. It's, it's metaphorical language. And I think what it's saying to us is take drastic action. As a consequence, right, as we look, as we have that perspective that we have as people with new lives in Christ, as we have that perspective, take drastic action on anything that is less than what God wants us to be. Anything, any aspect of our life that is less than God wants it to be. Take drastic action. Put these things to death. 
You have new life. Paul wants to say you have new life. So get rid of anything that is out of kilter with that new life. Don't lead a double life. I was going to talk a lot more about the double life. I might come on to that later on. Don't leave. Don't be pulled. Don't be pulled. You have this new life. Get rid of the vestiges of the old. These things, lust, evil desires, greed, which is, uh, you know, idol- uh, greed, which is idolatry, anger, and so on. We're going to hear next week, I imagine, I think when we go on to the next section of the passage, the things that we put on as we put these things off. So it's important to be bearing in mind that we have things to put on as well. But the key thing that Paul wants to get across in these verses is that we need to take drastic action, dramatic action, on the things that are less than what God would want them to be in our lives. What might taking drastic action uh, look like? What can you do if you're kind of feeling like you're living a double life? You know, you've got this new life in Christ, but you're being pulled. Some of the things, these things, these characteristics, like they're recalling, they're bringing back to mind your, your old life, the way you once lived, as the passage puts it in, in verse 7. What action can you take? What, this, what might this look like? Well, this is where I go to the second part of the passage that I want to, uh, want to focus on, which is in, in verse 9. It says, do not lie to each other. Do not lie to each other. I don't know about you, but I think this is a, is a kind of key to dealing with a kind of the old life, the way, you once, you, the way you once lived. It may be that Paul is simply listing, kind of saying do not lie, he's listing lying as one, another one of these characteristics of the old life, right? along with greed, along with lust, along with impurity. But I think its positioning in the passage is telling us something. It's telling us it's a key. Right? If we deal with lying will be much more able to deal with the other aspects of other sin, the other elements of sin that might be in our lives, the other facets of the way we once lived that we might struggle with. Do not lie to one another. I think we all recognize we can't deal with problems, right, unless we bring them to light, right, unless we talk about them. Sometimes we even kind of lie to ourselves. We had a lot of words come through about kind of perspective, taking the right perspective on things. We had sung a song, I, yeah, I'm... I've forgotten the words, <laughs> but we sung, a, we sung a song that was about having the right perspective on our lives, right? Sometimes we can lie to ourselves, can't we? And that is why some of the other aspects, some of the other things, aspects, the sinful aspects of our life, that's the reason that they may remain. So take drastic action. What does that look like? It means being honest with ourselves. As we allow the Spirit to prompt us. It means being honest with ourselves and honest with one another, about the things that we're struggling with in our lives. Right? It's by taking that step, by telling the truth that God, by his spirit, can come in right, and make changes like some of the people who came and uh, words were describing. It's how church family then can get around and help and pray. We're going to have an opportunity. You know, it's wonderful. Ben was saying, you know, um, take this opportunity right, to, to reach out to God and you know, ask him to bring change in your life. We're going to have an opportunity to do that a little bit later in the meeting. And one of the things you might want to do if, as a response to what's not just what I'm saying, but what's been brought this morning, is, is just tell the, tell the truth to yourself. Just say, God, is there anything... Right? Is there anything that I've been deceived by? Is there anything that I am not, uh, um, I'm not being truthful about in my life? And you might want to share that with, with someone else and, and receive prayer later on. What is the drastic action? How do we put to death elements of the old life, the vestiges of the old life that we might struggle with? Well, we can start by telling the truth. 
There's all sorts of other practical actions that we can take. There's a big list of things here, obviously, impurity, lust, um, you know, all uh, filthy language, slander, right? There's lots of practical, very, very practical steps that we can take. But I won't go into those now. But again, the, once you kind of open up to church family, right, you can help, you can find help to take those practical steps. We can get alongside one another. And I just encourage you, like, if you take the first step today in addressing kind of an area of your life that is less than what God would want it to be, you don't just leave it today. Like, follow up in your life group, kind of in running partners with a trusted friend and church family, right? Follow up with them. Talk about actually how can you put to death, how can you take drastic action, right? So you can enjoy all that Christ has for you. There's a wonderful richness to life in Christ, right? And you won't enjoy that. You won't have full enjoyment of that if these things continue to pull on you. I said I might lose my place a little bit, given that I'm kind of slightly ad-libbing, so you might have to give me a, give me a moment here. But take drastic action. Do not lie to, to one another. In putting to death the aspects of the old life uh, that remain, you're conforming yourself to your true identity, the life you have in Christ. And you're giving God the glory as well for who he is. Another word that came through was about thankfulness. Uh, Roger was bringing it, unthank. By kind of allowing these things that I was talking about, these sins to kind of linger in our lives, that's unthankfulness. We're not giving God the glory. In fact, it even says, doesn't it, greed, but I think you could apply it to all the all the, the, the things that it mentions in the passage, greed, which is idolatry. Idolatry is putting something else in God's place. If we allow these things to linger, we're not giving God the full glory that he deserves. We're not expressing thankfulness to him. We need to take drastic action. We can tell the tr- truth to ourselves and to one another. Maybe I'll go here next, just to make it very, very concrete. Um, when I was a teenager, uh, to most people who knew me, I would have seemed like I was living a life that kind of conformed to what the Bible kind of describes uh, as a kind of new life in Christ. You know, I was manifesting in my kind of living many of the marks that, of the new life in Christ that, chapter, sorry, that verse 12 talks about, the verses that we'll look at next week talk about. There was no sex, no drugs, no alcohol, uh, what's the other word? Rock and roll. Well, I was a bit of rock and roll, but it's not that serious, is it? Um, yeah, but I was living a life that was kind of conforming to new life in Christ. So it would have appeared that way. But what was I? What was I doing on the internet? Now, I won't go into the details, but suffice to say, it would have been covered by lust and impurity. Okay. I was living. You know, I said I mentioned double life. I was living a double life, and just to illustrate what I was meaning about lying. The only way in which I could really make that double life work, right? the only way in which that kind of lust and impurity could carry on lingering in my life was because I was lying about it. I was lying to my friends, my youth leader, and my parents. And I was also lying to myself. I was saying things like, oh, it's not serious, or oh, I, can, I can handle this, or I'll get it out of the way, I'll fix it next week. These were, you know, these were lies, effectively. Um, I don't know if you've ever said things like that to, to yourself as well. And if you have, maybe it's a clue. Maybe that's just is a clue that actually there is something there that you actually know deep down inside. And God, it was the Holy Spirit maybe is prompting you. You know it's not right. 
And that is exactly the kind of prompt that you could follow up by taking that drastic action, by telling the truth, by telling somebody. And that will really help. For me, telling somebody, sharing what I was struggling with was just such an important step, right, in dealing with those things, dealing with that lust and impurity. I'm so glad I did it when I did. And of course, it doesn't mean that kind of temptation doesn't come back, but when it's in the open, it's so much harder for, for these kinds of things to take root. Okay? So I hope that kind of concrete example makes, makes it clearer. Oh. I'll move on to something else now, I think. Um, again, it's come through in, in the Word so, so wonderfully uh, this morning. There is something, well, you might call it, I don't know if it's right to call it a mystery. There is something, I'll stick with that for now. There's something of a mystery in the passage. For, in so much as, as much as we bear responsibility, right, as much as the passage tells us to take action, put to death, that action we only take in so much as we are already turning to or leaning into what Christ has already done for us. So, right, we don't earn, right, new life through putting to death these things, lust, impurity, greed, so on. Right? Christ has one new life for us already in his death and his resurrection. You know, Colossians is clear. The whole book is clear about that. Christ is the center. That's, what it, that's why we call it Christ is the center. It's because Christ has done it, done these things for us. I mean, Marcus unpacked that in a lot more detail uh, last week when he was uh, talking about verses 1 to 4. You know, it says in verse 10 in our passage, you, you've taken off your old self and have put on the new self. This is kind of past tense. It's happened. You've already put it on. You already have been renewed in, uh, in, in Christ. And maybe you, can't, you feel like you can't admit the lingering sin in your life because your, your world will come tumbling down uh, if you do. I was going to talk a little bit about Agatha Christie novels. Um, I'll say a bit about them now. Uh, Agatha Christie novels, people know that some, some, most, most will do, kind of murder mysteries, right? So there's often a murder at the start of the story, and then the, the plot goes on, and often there's several more murders. Um, it's all pretty, it's all pretty, pretty grim. Um, uh, and then eventually the, kind of the murderer is, is revealed, right? There's a kind of denouement. Uh, and, and actually, it, it, you know, you, you realize that the murderer has been living a double life. You don't just find out that they've done the murders. You find out about a whole series of actions that they've taken, a whole life that they've been living that wasn't revealed until the end of the story. They've been, they've been living um, a, a double life. But I just wanted to focus on uh, that, the reason in, for which uh, often there are multiple murders. And I think that's because in most, I don't, I'm not an Agatha Christie expert, to be honest, so if you did it in your, I don't know, literature, do they do Agatha Christie in English literature degrees? I don't know, but anyway, don't come, don't come complaining to me if I get this wrong, but in a lot of Agatha Christie I know of anyway, uh, the, the murderer commits subsequent murders to cover, right, the initial murder. They're scrambling, they're just committing more crimes, so they're kind of downward spiral. And I think, anyway, in many cases, the reason that things spiral, that things get out of control, that more bad stuff happens, more murders are committed, is because the perpetrator of the crime right, is scared of losing the kind of respectable side of their life. They've committed a crime, they've done something wrong, and they're scared that if that comes to light, right, they will lose the kind of respectable side of their life. They might use relationships, they might lose money, and they might lose property, and, and so on and so forth. And, and that kind of prompts them to do worse and worse and worse. Okay? Um, 
And in many cases, we might be scared. We might carry on lying to ourselves and others because we are scared that we will lose something. We're scared, perhaps, that we might lose life in Christ. And of course, it's come through so strongly this morning. That will never happen. You will never lose life in Christ. Your life in Christ is not a consequence, right, of what you have done. It's a consequence of what Christ has done for you in his death and resurrection on the cross. Yes, you need to repent, if you're to experience, you know, God's uh, experience salvation, but Christ has won life for you. It's not a consequence of what you have done or, or, or not done. Of course, there will be a cost from stepping out of, uh, of, of a double life, right? There will be a cost in many cases, a real cost um, uh, for uh, two... Uh, that's, that's accrued from doing some of the things that the passage describes or been involved in some of the things the passage describes. You know, we need to be realistic uh, about that. Um, things will need to be worked through. There are consequences in the here and now. You know, if, if, a, if a spouse is, is unfaithful, things just can't be the way they were. They can't go back to, to how they were. Something needs to be worked through there. If you know, you've misrepresented your finances, there will be, you know, be consequences, right? And I mean, that, that just reflects God is a God of justice, Right? He's a God of grace, but he's a God of justice as well, who cares for those who have been wronged. And part of, kind of the way we reflect Christ-likeness is in our thirst to see justice done. One of the marks of, kind of having new life in Christ is a desire for, for justice. So we don't want to diminish that. But God is a God of grace. We can give up our double life even though... It may hurt us because doing so does not threaten the new life we have in Christ. Uh, that is the gospel. Christ has paid the price for evil and broken its power, and we have new life through him. It's not as a consequence of anything we have done. You know, again, back to the start of chapter 3. You know, we have, we've been raised with Christ, and it's safe in the knowledge that we've been raised with Christ that actually we're most able to address the lingering sin that exists in our life, right? We're able to take that bold step forward and say, actually, this is, this is wrong. I need to deal with it. Right? We can take that step assured that we don't lose new life when we take that step. Christ is constant in his affection towards us. And this should hold us back from getting mired deeper and deeper in trouble and piling up more hurt for ourselves um, and others. We may lose certain things when we turn from kind of the old life, aspects of the old life, the ways we used to live, and commit wholeheartedly to the new life. But we do not lose the new life in Christ. We do not lose uh, Christ. So be bold, uh, church family. I'll just end here. Be bold, take action, uh, no matter who you are. I didn't really talk about that. It mentions... Uh, Gentiles, Jews, it just says, no matter, it doesn't matter, we could say class here, no matter class, ethnicity, anything, it's important we all take action. So be bold, no matter who you are, take action, tell the truth to yourself, others in church, family, and reveal what might have been hidden, uh, pick up your cross, um, yeah, follow Christ anew uh, today. Do the band want to come back up? As I said, we're going to have an opportunity to, to respond now. Uh, I mean, I'm going to suggest a couple of things, but there's already been lots come through 
that hopefully, I think you can see, fits in with what I've been saying. So if you felt prompted to respond to something that, say, Ben said, and do, uh, do that uh, as well. Um, there's going to be some life group leaders, others, ones of church family. Uh, they're going to be at the front on, on either side. They'll have, a, they'll have a badge, and they'll be there to kind of listen and, and, and pray with you. Uh, so do, as the music plays, as we sing a song, do be coming, uh, coming forward. Uh, if, if you just felt prompted, if you feel God, uh, kind of by his spirit, drawing you out, just putting his finger on something that's in your life that you need to deal with. Uh, just a couple of specific things. I think, so first, I think for those wanting to take that really brave step and reveal something that has been hidden, that so God, you know, by his spirit, through church family, can really kind of work on that, uh, yeah, do come forward, please. Don't miss this, uh, this opportunity. Uh, and second, maybe those of you who have already taken that bold step and kind of admitted something to yourself and, and to others, but, you know, are still battling with it. I mean, I talked about lust and impurity. I mean, that, you know, that's still something, you know, that I have to be mindful of, right? So it's an ongoing battle. So if that's you, if you're still struggling with something and you just want prayer, encouragement, you want the Spirit of God to strengthen you, then just come forward as well and receive prayer from these guys. These guys are at the front who at the front are trustworthy people. I mean, church family, you'll, you'll know that, right? But if you're a guest here, these are trustworthy people, people that as leaders in the church, we, we trust to do a good job with this so you can feel safe uh, and, and secure with, with them. Okay, is that all right? Uh, I'll, I'll just pray uh, to close. Father, you're so, you're so great, majesty and glory. You, know, you, you flung the stars in the sky, built up the mountains, and yet you care for each one of us. You care so much you'd send your beloved son to die, to pay the price for all the things that we've done wrong. Father, I just thank you so much for your grace. you, Lord. Thank you so much for your grace. And Lord, as we just reflect on all you've done for us in Christ Jesus, as we kind of find our perspective orientated by that truth of what you've done for us, Lord, I, I, I pray that we would sense things in our lives that are less than glorifying to you, that do not shout praise to your name for what you've done. I ask for your spirit to move amongst us and be doing this. Oh, God. Lord, just help us to enjoy more and more what new life in you means, Lord. It's a wonderful, wonderful life. It's a life of freedom. Lord, we don't have to worry. We don't have to feel guilt. Lord, thank you so much. Yeah, Father. Just do, Lord. Be be moving amongst us now, we ask.